ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Excuse me, I got to put my teeth in. Forgot to put them in after dinner. It happens. We're straightening these things out. Got to say, by the way, I have been doing these orthodontics now um, for ugh, it's almost a year. We're not quite at a year, but it is almost a year. And I would just like to just say to everybody out here that if you were like me and you had the topic broached about uh, some orthodontists when you were younger, but you just decided that was one less thing you didn't feel like dealing with. Hey, man, adult orthodontics is not the heat. And I say that as somebody who is doing the adult orthodontics, and it's a pretty, like, unintrusive thing, right? Like, it's like it doesn't come up all the time necessarily. But, man, this shit is taking forever. Forever. Like, I mean, you got to stop and think about this, like, what it does to your ego of source. Like, yeah, yeah, your, your grill, you know, has got its shortcomings. You know your grill has got its shortcomings. But when you go to the dentist, or the, you know, because my dentist does the orthodontics. Either way, apparently they double dip in these days. But anyway, I go to the homie, and he's like, yeah, you know, not very often we have to give somebody as many trays as we're giving you. So, like, they give you a tray to go every two weeks, right? So, they gave me, they told me I needed 45 trays, right? So we talk about 90 weeks of adult orthodontics. And he's like, yeah, we normally don't, you know, it's not very often we give somebody that many trays. I'm like, damn, what you saying about my grill, bro? Like I knew it was a thing, but I mean, I didn't think that it was like memorable to the orthodontist. And I, I mean, look, they wasn't that bad. It's really only a couple of them that's out here misbehaving. But when the homie hit me with the, yeah, man you got to do this for the rest of your life. Basically. I was like, damn. Yeah. So, you know, go ahead and do it as a youth. Apparently from talking to other people, I didn't realize this. Like, like I knew people who would got, like, they got braces when they were younger or whatever. And then they had to wear a retainer. Apparently y'all be wearing these retainers for the rest of your lives. Like, I, I didn't realize that. Like one of my homies is talking to me about doing uh, the, the adult orthodontics. And he's telling me like, yeah, he said that he had braces when he was a teenager and that he didn't do the upkeep later. So maybe he need him again. I'm like, damn again. Also some dude named Rick in the chat room is talking about, he can't relate. Hey, Rick, fuck you. You relate to that. Hmm. Just curious. Like you ain't do anything to get them teeth. You just wound up with them. You just rolled a seven. That's fine. That's like me bragging about people talking about contacts. Me being like, yeah, I can't relate. My eyes good as hell. Yeah. Great job, Rick. Great job. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. Is there any worse way to be fired than in front of colleagues performing job duties? Now, this is a very interesting question that I'm sure is brought up by this uh, James Comey situation. Um, here's the thing, though. Hey, you saw this, right? That apparently uh, Comey was doing a presentation in front of some FBI folk out there in L.A., right? Right. He's doing, he's doing his presentation, and there's televisions that's all behind him. And the televisions that are on behind him suddenly have all over them breaking news. James Comey has been fired. And, you know, he thinks this is some kind of joke. Right. Like he thinks this is a prank, though. I have to say, 
I'm not sure what would make me more furious if I was the director of the FBI. Finding out that I got fired um, because it came up on the TVs behind me. Or these old FBI dudes under my command thinking they about to be out here playing pranks on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if I'm calling me, like, how, how dare you think that you just about to be out here playing a prank on me in front of everybody? Like, I've never gotten to feel it that the FBI is the kind of place where people just be joking like that. Like maybe, maybe I don't know how the FBI works. Like, I'd be the first to tell you that I'm, I'm not, like, privy to the inner workings of law enforcement, but I've just never gotten the vibe that that's a real, like, whoopee cushion sort of work environment, right? So, like, for Comey to be like, oh, okay, this is some kind of prank, he immediately knew what had happened and was just like, nah, 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 nah. This prank, right? Because <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know, I did not fly out here for work and get fired. I, I, I know, I, I just know he, and he did, and he did. And the thing that you got to understand about Trump, if nothing else, and I said like while this is going on, I had a certain peculiar respect for the fact that. This idea that you can't do something. Trump, uh, Trump's like, what do you mean? I can't do that. Right. Like Trump going to go until somebody stops him. Right. Like there's a Marlowe Stanfield sort of element to this. Right. Game always going to have a Marlowe. We just ain't never really made Marlowe president. And to be honest, Marlowe's also a lot smarter than Trump. So anyway. um, Like, yo, you can't fire the FBI director after he's like done this testifying and everybody knows he's running this investigation. Like you can't do that. And Trump is like, can you show me where that's written down? Because like, if I really couldn't do that, I feel pretty confident that somebody would have written this down. Right. Like, can you show me where this is written down? And look, that's not to say that the fact that it's written down is necessarily enough to stop them. But at the very least, you're going to have to start by showing where this is written down. But Trump's like, I can do whatever. So they fired this dude. And I took that route to answering this because the question was, is there anything worse, any worse way to be fired than in front of colleagues while performing job duties? And I mean, generally speaking, the answer might be no, but this is different with Comey. Like, it's not like he was standing there in front of a bunch of people who just couldn't wait until he got fired. Like, I imagine there are some people who were there who can't wait till he got fired. But it's not as though there was some insurrection amongst the ranks and that the insurrection amongst the ranks then meant that suddenly, you know, Comey's out of here and now we popping champagne, ding dong, the witch is dead. This isn't one of those. Like, this is one of those situations that turns somebody into a martyr. Right. Like you find out that this has happened. You know, the homie got done dirty. So now, you know, just sweet call me or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like something along those lines, because, yo, man, this is wild. Like I was at work and that news came down and I was just like, oh, OK. And you have to understand something. Two things to keep in mind here. Number one, there are two kinds of FBI directors. 
There's J. Edgar Hoover. And there's all these other ones whose names you can't remember. Right? Like, have you ever heard of anybody having an opinion on the FBI director before the last, what, like nine months? Like, have you ever given any thought to who the FBI director is? Like, the only FBI director whose name I could ever think of was that dude Sessions. And the reason was, I can't remember what video game it was, but or if it was even just one video game, but it'd be like an FBI warning that would pop up on the video games uh, at the arcade, and it had that William Sessions dude name in it, right? I come to find out that Clinton fired that dude. I ain't know nothing about him. I mean, but, like, I mean, I, you, you can't just go walking back talking about this with all these names. Like you asked me to name people who have been the secretary of state. I can name at least five previous secretaries of state, at least five previous secretaries of state, maybe even closer to 10. I don't even know if it's been 10, but like, I feel like I can name them for you. Right. FBI directors, I don't know who any of them are. It's just never come up. Now it's everywhere. Like, it's it, it's it's totally everywhere. And I saw somebody make a very interesting observation. And, you know, I try to stick to nuts and bolts stuff when we talk about this because, you know, I don't need no hassles. Uh, but, like, this is an objectively true statement. I think Chris Hayes made this point. I don't know what they know or what they got in this investigation. But Trump is afraid that whatever they have in that investigation is somehow worse than this. Because this is not good. Right, like this is not what he. This is not what you want. This is this is absolutely not what you want. I am also fascinated by this. Again, sticking with objective truths. I am very interested in the idea that by all these reports, Trump did not believe that this would go over with any measure of controversy. And the reason that he didn't believe that this would go over with any measure of controversy is basically he's like. But I thought y'all said y'all didn't like him either. Right? So he's like, okay, y'all don't like him. I don't like him. And if I don't like him, that means we don't like him. So let's just get him up out of here. And he's just like, boom, you know, everybody wins here. I'm going to say I did it for this one thing. Like, wh- why, why aren't you guys happy? I thought y'all said y'all did not like him. And they're like, I mean, yeah, but you can't do that. And Trump's like, show me where that's written down. Like, unless you can show me where that's written down. I don't know what you mean I can't do that. Anyway, man, James Comey going to be writing books and doing speaking engagements. Trust. I think his life actually just improved. Right. Quality of life for him just improved. Like on the same on, on the same token, we got this right here. 
how long before Sarah Huckabee replaces Sean Spicer? And I'm like, are we positive that Sarah Huckabee did not already replace Sean Spicer? Like, I didn't see any of this Sarah Huckabee stuff on television. I hear that she did a much better job than Spicer typically uh, has done. I, I didn't see any of it, like with my own eyes. I was a little busy today. I didn't get to see it. However, they had you Spicer bushes. All right, the hope he was hiding in the bushes and will only answer questions in the dark. I don't see how you come back to work the next day. And to be honest, that was probably one of the smartest things that he did, right? The last thing he needed to give y'all was visuals of him as he tried to figure out how to explain that this dude fired the director of the FBI, even though everybody knows you can't do that. Right? No, no, no. They do not put this light on me. No, 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 no. I don't know if he quit. I don't know if he got fired. I don't know if he got demoted. Like, I don't have an answer for any of those, right? I absolutely do not have an answer for any of those. But getting fired is never what you want, right? Getting fired is never what you want. Comma, however. However, oh well, good luck, homie. <laughs> good luck. And I mean, I have to say, like, the more I think about this with Spicer, and Spicer wound up in a pretty interesting place because I mean, I imagine this is dream job stuff, right? Like, if you're a publicist or whatever, this, I mean, we have to fairly say this is dream job stuff. Like, I get to be the publicist for the white, like. And then it turned into this. And people said that he was a fairly well-respected figure. Yo, man, what do you do after this, right? So, like, say say Sean Spicer were to get fired. Where does he go work? Say Sean Spicer were to quit his job. Where does he go work? Like, what is he supposed to do tomorrow? Really? What was he supposed to do tomorrow? If that's what happens. Oh, well. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Has there been any celebrity who has been caught false stunting more than Bow Wow? So I was made aware of the Bow Wow situation. Um, So here's the thing I don't think that people quite understand, which is people on the Internet understand some, like, basic functionality of the Internet, right? And so what you have to remember is if you were to Google image search something, right, We can tell when something might be a Google image search. I don't know. It's like there's just something about the picture because you know what the pictures are, right, that come up early, all right? So if you are going to try to fake stunt, you need to use a different search than, say, like private plane 
or private jet or like anything along those lines if you were lying about the fact that you were on a private jet. And the reason why you need to not do that is everybody's going to go look up private jet, right? So like, I, I, I'm good for this one. I can sniff out when you got something out the wiki, right? Like you, you, like you writing about something you don't know anything about. It is real easy to look up at whatever that thing is and be like, wait a minute, man, that fool got that out the wiki. Like, I remember I was reading something once. It was something that involved the discussion of, I think the country was Molly, and it was obvious that the dude um, who was writing the story didn't know anything about Molly. So in the story, M-A-L-I, not M-O-L-L-Y, M-A-L-I, right? Um, I think it was Molly. But anyway, it was described as, yeah, it was Molly, because I was pulling it up right here. And I remember reading in the story, and the story says, from Mali, comma, a landlocked country in West Africa. And I'm like, wait a minute, homie, wait a minute. Wait just one minute right there. Landlocked. Landlocked. Like, why would landlocked be in your description of this country? And I was like, because you got it out to wiki. And sure enough, I looked it up. And it was straight right there in the wiki, right? Like, people do the same thing with Google Images. You see what I mean? They're doing the same exact thing. So if you're using a stock photo, you can't be as well-known as Bow Wow out here fronting with a stock photo because all it takes is one person to get to the bottom of it. And, by the way, if Twitter has taught us anything, anything, is that there's a whole lot of people out here that if their lives are broken a different way, would be ace detectives. Ace detectives. Cats out here getting to the bottom of it every day. Bottom of what? It. It. And they are coming to get you. Like, if you are Bow Wow, you got to know they coming for you. Now, to be fair to Bow Wow in this case, Bow Wow, okay, so I've stopped doing this. I used to do this more, like, back when it was far more plausible that I was, quote-unquote, not famous. I still contend now that I'm simply recognizable. Um, But after that dude asked me to sign his Jordans, I'm like, okay, maybe you could make the argument that I'm famous, right? But many years ago, it was much easier to operate on the premise that I was not famous. And so... I see ridiculous stuff out. I'm out going to get something to eat or at the mall or something like that. I take the picture, put it on Instagram, laugh just like everybody else does, right? Because I felt like I was still living that life. But one time I took a picture of a dude wearing a ridiculous get up at breakfast and then I posted it. And while I'm sitting there at the table, the dude happened to follow me on the machine and he was very, very upset that I took a picture of him in his T-shirt with some soccer scarf and some real tight Capri-like pants, and I think it was maybe some flip-flops, and I feel like it was cold outside weather. He was very, very unhappy. Uh, He sent me a few angry tweets after that, after he had unfollowed me, because his feelings was really hurt. And somebody made the point. And I'm like, wow, people get so mad, you know, when they see this or that, when it's their turn or whatever. And somebody hit me. I think it might have been Nathaniel Friedman. He was like, well, you also have to admit it's kind of weird to look up and see your own picture, right? 
And I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I probably need to chill out on this. So I have a certain measure of sympathy for whatever it's worth. And Bow Wow is just posted up on the plane and somebody's sneaking a picture of him to post it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I could get that. Like, that's, I'm, I'm not saying that's necessarily the coolest thing, though I'm acknowledging that I've been the person to take these pictures and post them before, right? Like, I had a bit of an epiphany about this sort of thing, right? And, and that, and by the way, the epiphany was not just some it could happen to me thing. I honestly looked at it through the lens of being somebody else, right? But, the dude who got the picture of Bow Wow posted it and made the very accurate point that he had just seen that Bow Wow was fronting like he was on the private plane while he's sitting there commercial. And by the way, did not appear to be in first class. And to me, the fronting on being on the private plane is one thing. Bow Wow and coach. That's a different one. That's a different one, right? Because, I mean, I hope you've been taking care of your money, Bow Wow. Because I feel like you should have lived a life that made it such that you were never going to fly in coach ever again. Because, can I tell you a secret? Don't tell nobody I said this, but uh, next time you see me in coach, that means something went wrong. Yeah. Uh, now, Lance makes a very good point that Bow Wow is short enough to ride in coach. Like, coach is not nearly the inconvenience for Bow Wow that it is for me. I am probably a legitimate foot taller than Bow Wow. Um, so, yeah, like, I need the first class thing, you know, a little bit more. Like, I think I've talked to you guys about this. As many of you know, in the course of the last few years, I have, as they say in France, blown up, right? I do a little better than I used to. And as I told you guys before, like when it comes to the shoes and stuff that when I was a kid, I never got the shoes and I convinced myself that I didn't think the shoes were a very important thing because I just didn't think shoes mattered. And then I got me a pair of fives a few years ago. And it was at that point that I realized actually my issue was that um, I simply didn't have the shoes. Like once I had the shoes, I realized that, uh, yeah, I like shoes a lot. I just didn't have them. Now, first class is one of those things. Now, see, the thing about first class is, number one, first class is absolutely best enjoyed when first class is purchased by someone else. Like the upgrade, the, the upgrade on the sneak. Like I remember the first time I got into first class, I had missed some flight. And they put me on another flight, and I remember the first flight, uh, my seat was like row 14 or something like that. And so after they canceled me and they redid it or whatever, I go to the back to get into, into row 14. I'm sitting there and somebody's like, excuse me, sir, you're in my seat. I'm like, damn. And I look down at my boarding pass and that thing said 5F. And I was like, five? Oh, really? The next thing you know, I'm up there in first class, man. They got them hot towels. You know, they got the the the, the almonds, cashews, you know. The meal ain't great, but it's a meal. Got a cookie afterward. All of that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This isn't so bad. But then I immediately went right back to riding coach. It was no big deal, right? Coach was the life that I knew. Coach was the life that I understood, right? And there is no shame in coach, right? But 
as I started doing more stuff for work, you know, if I got a long flight, they'll put me up in the first class, you know, get me up there. It's like, all right, cool, you know. And it's the little things, right? Like being on the plane early, off the plane early, you ain't got to be in there fighting for space in the overhead because they got space for you in first class and your roller board. You know what I'm saying? They got it. You ain't got to hurt mess around and be group one and be like, man, I hope I ain't got to gate check this, right? Like you don't, you don't really have to do that when you get in first class. You ain't never got to fight over the armrest when you're in first class. Like, do you understand how much better the flight is and you ain't got to rub elbows with some stranger? Right. You don't have to do that. When you're in first class, right? It's just a bit more comfortable. And then some of these more futuristic flights, they got the first class with the buttons that you can press and the seat move into whatever little alignment it is that you want. You can lay straight back if you want to. You can just put your feet up, you know, they give you a little lumbar support, give you a little massage stuff. Like, I mean, these things happen. And, like, it's cool when you do first class once, and if you go right back to coach, it's not a big deal, right? But you mess around and take two, three flights on first class in a row. And then you wind up back in coach. I went to something. Uh, I think it was in Atlanta. And Atlanta, you know, I live in Miami. So Atlanta is like, it's a less than two-hour flight, right? I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. The flight's less than two hours. Now, that's right. I was going to Huntsville. We were going to Huntsville for something for my mama. So it was like stop in Atlanta, then go over to Huntsville, right? And so... I'm like, all right, the Atlanta flight's short. The Huntsville's flight's short. Coach, it is. I think the price was something that was too high or whatever. It's just like, okay, coach, it is. Man, they put me in something like row 31, right? I don't feel like it was. I think it was like row 31. So they had to get all the way back there to the 30s, right? Put your stuff up over the overhead. Then you in there. And then the worst part of the flight for everybody, you are ready to get off this tube. Except that there's 30 rows of people ahead of you. And apparently none of them have been on a plane before because none of them have figured out how to smoothly get their shit and bounce. And I sat back there in the 30s. And I made that decision right there. I said, never again. Never again. Why? Because I don't have to. That's why. Because I don't have to. And guys, I got to that place really in like the last year. Like all of that. I got there in the last year. Okay. Which brings me back to what in the world is Bow Wow doing in coach? Right? Like, I used to have people when I first started, like, doing the TV stuff, and I'd send stuff from flying in coach, and people hit me up, you're like, oh my God, you're flying in coach. Now, I had a problem with those people who would hit me up on the, oh my God, you flying in coach, because those motherfuckers were flying coach too. Right? They don't know nothing about that life. Like, they just made the assumption that, okay, you in first-class world now. And at that point, I really wasn't in first-class world, right? But they were just like, oh, you know, they just want to try to find some way to talk down. That's just how a bunch of haters be out here doing, right? Like, that, that, that's what that was for them. So, I mean, on one level, I don't want to be the guy looking at Bow Wow like, oh, my God, I thought you was balling. You back here in coach, except now that I'm the person who's not trying to be in coach. 
I know how much money I got, and I live in Miami, which means, more importantly, I know how much money I don't got. And I feel like Bow Wow should never be sitting in coach. Should never be sitting in coach. I'd also like to note that from what I could tell, Bow Wow was flying from Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale, which, uh, guys, is Bow Wow on Southwest? Because that sounds like Bow Wow was flying Southwest. Yeah. Was Bow Wow flying Southwest? Because I don't even think he was flying JetBlue. And the reason I don't think he's flying JetBlue is I don't think that you can fly from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta on JetBlue yet. Because, like, if you're flying JetBlue, I ain't even mad at you, man. I honestly am not mad at you. JetBlue ain't so bad. However, flying from Atlanta, full city list of places where you can go, Fort Lauderdale, not on the list. So that sounds to me like Bow Wow was flying southwest. Here's a whole rack of space between southwest and that private jet that he pretended like he was on. And look, man, if you frugal, that's fine. Because I don't think that Bow Wow has private jet money. Like Private jet money stacks up, okay? I don't think that Bow Wow has private jet money. And I think there's no shame in not having private jet money. I will probably never have private jet money. So no problem with that on Bow Wow, not having private jet money. But you got to have first class money. You do. And I also imagine that flying coach would have to be a unique sort of hassle for Bow Wow, right? Look, Bow Wow a lot more famous than I am, right? Somebody might kind of recognize me in coach. But Bow Wow? I mean, I can't imagine. And by the way, every Bow Wow conversation is going to be the hell you doing in coach? You know, like every, like I feel like every single conversation that's going to buy going to have in there is going to be like, bro, why are you flying coach? You see what I'm saying? I mean, like first class, I feel like people leave you alone. I flew on first class one time and Dr. J was there. I ain't say nothing to Dr. J. You know why? Because I feel like I feel like once you in first class, you gotta act like you've been there before. You ain't gotta do that in coach. You don't. So yeah, Bow Wow, you ain't have to tell me you was on a private plane. I promise that wasn't necessary. You know, like like that. I mean, I know that that's a level of ball that most people ain't on. You ain't have to do that, right? However, a little shot you flying coach. And I'm a little bit embarrassed inside that I'm the guy to say I can't believe you're flying coach. Appreciate the question. 
see what else we got here. Is Kanye deleting his Twitter telling of anything? I don't know him. I ain't no psychic. I don't know. He tells me he ain't got no Twitter no more. I also imagine he could bring it right back if he wanted to. Would you slash have you given a commencement speech? Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, I Well, I gave one commencement speech. It was at a middle school. Yeah. A commencement speech at a middle school in Durham. Fogadishla uh, set that up. I have never been more scared in my life. So uh, a couple of things on that. Number one, um, I'm not afraid of speaking in public, but I do not enjoy speaking in public. Speaking in public makes me anxious. Like something like this is not really much of anything. Cameras and microphones, they don't really do nothing to me. Actual real life people and that cold and unknowing look on their faces or whatever, that can be a little bit of a monster for me, I readily admit. I'm not as well built for that as I as I would like to say. Right? Like, okay. So you take that and then you put me in a room of the single most unpredictable demographic of people, which is pre teenagers. Oh man. Ain't no telling what they'll do, right? Because they always got to impress somebody. Like that, they all they at that age where they always got something to prove. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And so I was up there like about sweaty. I was ready to go, and you know they kids, so they don't even know who the hell I am. You know, like I'm gonna do it on television. Okay, cool. But at that time, I'm just doing like around the horn. You know, like I don't have my own TV show or anything else. Kids don't know who I am. I don't give a damn about who I am in any way whatsoever. I'm just up there. Yeah, that wasn't the business. I feel like for a college, I could figure it out and get that done. You know, you just got to have the magic buttons to hit with them, and they'll be on some woo, half of them drunk anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, maybe. I also imagine that that question was asked because of the uh, the DeVos thing, so we might as well get to this. Whose bright idea was it to invite DeVos to Bethune-Cookman for graduation? Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, somebody at Bethune, it's either on the board or the president, has some relationship with Trump, as I recall. Um, I'm going to try to look that up now while we're sitting here talking about it. Um, but you also have to remember... Um, Betsy DeVos is like worth a billion dollars. And, you know, they down here in Florida. I understand how it might be a little bit difficult if they shoehorn uh, this woman in. They're like, yo, she'd like to give a speech at commencement. I kind of see how you do it, right? Like, I mean, I kind of do. If you're trying to get you some bread or whatever it is, you make some level of sacrifice. I mean, I don't think it's something that anybody should necessarily be proud of, but I'm just not at a point of self-righteousness where I feel like I can just be like, you absolutely tell her that she can't come. I mean, you might absolutely want to tell her that she can't come, but I'm just not sure that it's as easy to do it that way 
as people want to pretend, right? So, okay, you let her come down. There it is. Where I'm so terribly confused is who on the Trump or DeVos side thought this was going to go any way other than it did. I just, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, this was an obvious situation where this woman was going to wind up being booed. I also think that there's another part of this that should be noted that I don't think is being discussed nearly enough, which is uh, the president doesn't go into too many situations where they don't know what the response is going to be. Right. Like Trump will go to his rallies and he'll do the kind of the press availability that's required for the presidency and do the pictures and stuff like that. But you ain't really getting a whole lot of shots of Trump playing no away games. Like Trump wasn't going to go do that speech. Trump, Trump doesn't play away games. They stay sending Bessie DeVos off to play these away games, right? They sent her to that school that one time. Trump ain't going to no situation where he could wind up going for Bessie DeVos like he did for her at that school. He's not going to any of these. And, like, to come give this commencement talk right here, they sent her to do that. Hey, man, they ain't sending Trump in any situation where he might get booed. That is not happening. Like, if I'm Bessie DeVos, that's the part that makes me more frustrated or more furious than anything else is that y'all absolutely sent me on a mission that none of y'all will go on yourselves. That's it. And so she went there and I also wonder if president, whoever it was at Bethune assured them, ma'am, our students are very well behaved and you don't have to worry at all. You will say, like, y'all kind of respectability shit, right? Like, you are going to see that they are some of the most educated people that you have ever seen. And they will treat you with respect because we have students with home training. Right? They probably gave that, they gave that, you know, that, that assurance. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. They got home training. Okay, boom. There it is. Except you don't know what they was trained to do at home. Didn't quite get that. Didn't quite understand what they were trained to do at home. What are they trained to do at home? Not go for that. I'll let you quibble about whether or not that's what they should have done, right? I'll let you quibble about the manners of it or anything else. I honestly believe there are arguments on both sides, right? I really do. However, this was pretty predictable. Some guy here says, I'm from Tallahassee, so happy to see BCC look like idiots. I mean, nah, I think that's a situation anybody could have wound up in. Fam, you could have wound up in pretty much the same situation. Anybody could have wound up in that situation. But oh well, that's the breaks for everybody. Uh, DeVos wanted a photo op. Well, she got one. Just didn't go the way that she thought it would. Bethune got strong on into it one way or another. Okay. If they actually requested that it happen, well, you got that too. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the homie that was like, your diplomas will be mailed to you. Okay, then mail it then. And if you're going to keep it real, I don't really need the diploma. Can I just get my certified transcript? The one with the seal on it. 
Yeah, I know. The lady who prints transcripts don't come back to work till next week. Well, I will holler at her next week. All I need for my job is this certified transcript. That's it. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. Will we ever see you on a cable news panel again? This, I actually believe, is a very interesting question because I have a bit of an observation to make here, right? So um, I'm not sure the last time I did cable news. I haven't done cable news in a while. And the thing about that with cable news is what happens is, like, you wind up in a sweet spot with – a producer or producers at a network and you're in their rotation for whatever it is. And then something happens. And for whatever reason, either the producer of that show changes or whatever. And then you just don't wind up in the rotation anymore. Like, it's not like it's any beef or anything else. They just don't call you anymore because they've gotten into somewhere else. You had a couple of times that you couldn't do it and they need somebody they could count on or whatever it is. So like I did a run where I did a lot of those MSNBC shows, the CNN folks, Used to call fairly often. I kind of got tired of it, though, because, I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. Part of what happened also is I wasn't sure, like, if the people that worked at these networks had, like, a great handle on. I mean, basically, it reached a point where you don't get paid for those appearances. And so, like, driving 30 minutes to go sit in the studio uh, and to sit in the studio for, like, 30 to 45 minutes or you're on television for, like, seven minutes and then you drive 30 minutes back home. I was like, yo, I got my bread. I, I, I didn't really need to keep doing those, right? So you say no a couple of times and then people stop calling. You. Okay, that's cool. But something else I've noticed here. So for a while, those cable news outlets, they weren't reaching for sports stories, but they were definitely like taking sports stories and they're putting them into like you see it, CNN, your Fox, your MSNBC, whatever, like they're taking sports stories because they're trying to get that audience, right? They're kind of hope you be flipping channels and the man who sees something about sports will stop, even though it's not a sports channel, you know, sports channel like that. That's, that's what they're trying to do. They were trying to draft off the appeal of sports to kind of pull in a bigger audience. And so somebody like me would be a person they would call. Now, granted, a lot of that had to do with race when it would come up, but not always, not entirely, right? It would be other stuff. Cable news does not need sports to drum up interest anymore. Like, they got enough going on on their own. Like, they no longer need to try to reach and scrape to pull in this sports stuff. Trump got them. They got all the content in the world, all the content in the world. They don't really need to come over here to the sports dude to come talk about some stuff on cable news. They don't. It's a wrap on that. At least for right now. At least for right now. And it's actually a very interesting thing, just kind of the dynamics of the industry that I'm in. And I'm not going to make that point. I'll say that for somebody else. But, yeah, it is entirely possible at some point you'll see me on one of those. If somebody calls me and I feel like doing it. Like, it's really interesting when you first start doing this and people start calling you for TV or radio or anything else. Like, you take every single hit that they give you. Man, after you're on television like five days a week, you don't get so excited about being on television anymore. Like, it used to really charge me up in a different way. Now it's just kind of like, eh, wow, be on TV, huh? Eh, I think I'm going to pass. I would have walked over hot coals seven years ago with some of the calls that I said no to now. 
That's just a game, man. Oh, let me see what we got here. Have not heard your show this week to see if you covered it. Thoughts on the Barkley American race? I'm not watching it. I'm just not. I don't, like, I'm not interested in it. This is one of those, and, you know, I know Chuck a little bit. I don't know Chuck a lot, but I know Chuck a little bit. And I like Chuck. And, see, and one reason, one reason that I don't hammer Chuck for this as much as other people have is because I think Chuck's wrong on a lot when it comes to race. Like, I mean, I think he's wrong on a lot when it comes to race. But I absolutely do 100% believe that he means well. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that this approach that they're going for is what's hot in the streets. But I absolutely 100% believe that Charles Barkley means well. I really think that he embarked upon this and believed that he could, like, do something to make the world a better place. Like, I mean, I, I mean... Even if he's wrong about this, and I understand why anybody would think or believe that he's wrong about this, I do wholeheartedly believe that he thinks that he could be doing something. I have a much bigger problem or disagreement with the idea that TNT would put him on television to do this in the first place. Like, I think it was a haphazardly considered idea. But I don't I don't approach Charles with the same... There's a self-righteousness that I use with other people that I think are being much more cynical and calculating about this. Like, it ain't like Chuck needs his money. Like, Chuck thought that he could come make a statement about this. He had the right people he could make a phone call to. They're like, okay, cool. We'll let Charles Barkley do this, right? But that doesn't mean I have to watch it. I'm like, I'm not going to hate watch it. I'm not going to watch it just so I can say something bad about it or just so I can write something piece about it or anything else. I'm just not going to watch it. But a big part of why I'm not going to watch it is not so much about Charles Barkley, but I'm not sure I can think of anybody who would embark upon this project that, I would want to watch like the, the, the W Kamau bell dude, right? Like he's doing the joint on CNN. I have no interest in watching that. Cause why, you know, like I've seen these, like this whole, well, let's start a dialogue sort of thing. Like I've seen this many times before. It's not doing anything. Like if the number, this is nobody's fault, but I mean, this is just the nature of it. The number one goal on all these things for people is to make a good TV show. And this is only of some level of value if it goes to something deeper than just trying to make a good TV show. As dude, Ozzy says, come on, Bo, come out, Bell is funny. What the fuck does that have to do with what we're talking about here? I'm not looking for a comedy. I, I, like I'm not. I'm just not looking for comedy on this. So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to get anything out of it. I'm not going to wind up being entertained. There's but so much joy I get out of it. Oh, man, watch him squash this white race. No, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But, little, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to get this thing done here about once a week. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. You can also find us at the Google Play Store. Try to talk to you guys next week. Take it easy. <laughs>